You are locked Hello, on. Hello, Heat Nation. You're listening to Locked Miami On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for subscribing on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Himalaya. My day. name is David Ramel. Continuing my series of the nine best games of the season, if you recall, part one. I should have come out last week, did not. Apologies. But here's an opportunity for you to kind of go over some of the best moments of the season. Some really, really positive games there where they were able to, to triumph for some of the toughest opponents in the league. Some phenomenal wins there for Miami. And again, no real format to this. Just kind of going over the context of those games, why they stood out, why they were special moments there. And I, I welcome any kind of opportunity from you guys to to just give me any suggestions if you think that there's something I missed or if you think that, you know, there's some games there that I, I could have included and I, I have not done so. You know, there was the loss to the... Uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers at home. That was one of the best games of the year. Unfortunately, it wound up being a loss. The second to the Lakers and one of the the first home loss of the season. It was still a really, really good game, a fun game to watch against LeBron James and a really stacked uh, Western Conference contender there. But as far as this list is concerned, just wanted to continue to focus on the positives, focus on the wins throughout the season because there were so many. And it was just a really, really great season. And whether it resumes or not, who knows? But at this point, we can just kind of go back, look at some of the best games, and just have some fun remembering why these games stood out and why they were so important. So I went over some really good ones, including a beatdown over the Houston Rockets, an overtime win over the Toronto Raptors, and, of course, that first Big win over of the season against the Milwaukee Bucks without Jimmy Butler in the lineup. But this was another game where Jimmy Butler would pro, you know play a prominent role here, specifically because he was going off going up against one of his former teams, the Philadelphia 76ers. This was December 18th, 2019. The Heat had already lost in a pretty bad game to the 76ers at Philadelphia. This was the second time that Miami would face Philly at Philly, and it was a huge game because Miami had. Uh, just four days before, they had won a game in overtime against the Dallas Mavericks. It was a thrilling game there. It was the start of a three-game road trip. But then two days later, they lose to a struggling Memphis team. If you recall that at the time, that seems somewhat inexplicable. Uh, the Grizzlies, not a legitimate contender. Eventually, they would become a playoff contending team. Uh, I still think that they probably played well above their weight class, but either way, uh, they would wind up becoming a more consistent, better team throughout the course of the season. But at this point in time, in mid-December, they were not considered a very, very good team. And so when Miami lost that game, that was somewhat demoralizing. And I remember speaking to Myers Leonard uh, just a few games later on and, and talking to him about uh, you know, what it was that... Uh, you know why this was a turning point for the season it was because that memphis loss was uh, a wake up call you know that they may have to do things a little bit better they have to tighten the way they perform um you know there was a really intense film session and i, I remember uh a piece that came out or a, a, a you know a coverage of the game included some mention that there was a really intense film session where Kendrick Nunn and Tyler Hero had kind of been dressed down in front of their teammates and had been challenged to up their game a little bit better so it was a really tough challenge for Miami they would go again into a very good team Philadelphia was one of the teams that has one of the best home records in the league at this point in time uh, and and so it's a very very difficult place to play and Miami uh, was able to to just find a way to win. Um, they moved to eight and zero after losses at this point of season, um, and and their overall record was twenty eight too. So for them, this was a, a 
a nice trend to see that even though they had taken losses, eight of them at this point, they would always find a way to bounce back against their next opponent. So I, I think that shows that Miami um, was resilient. They could learn from their mistakes, and they had enough talent to beat anybody. Only eight players were active. Uh, Goran Dragic was out. Um, he had a sore groin. Justice Winslow was still out with uh, you know what would become the recurring back issues there. Deion Waiters and James Johnson were uh, not available due to coaches' decisions, so it was a uh, a shorthanded team, yeah, and they were going up against a, a good Philly team that you know obviously had a lot to prove against Jimmy Butler, who was booed every time he touched the ball. Uh, Bam Adebayo had a phenomenal game. Uh, he played the whole fourth quarter, and he showed some really exceptional defense against uh, Joel Embiid. He would finish the game with 23 points on 9 of 16 shooting. And again, that defense, uh, also, sorry, 9 rebounds and 5 assists to go with 2 steals and 2 blocks. The overall game that separates him from all other big men in the league, I think. Uh, you know, the fact that going up against a guy like Embiid, who's a dominant scorer and, and everything else, but... I think Bam was able to really hold his own against Embiid for most of the night. He challenged him, and, and a different style of play. Like, Embiid is a much bigger body, but against Bam, it seemed like he was taking a lot more shots from the perimeter. He didn't want to challenge Bam with the paint as much. He would wind up going 1 of 5 from three-point range, 8 of 19 overall for 22 points. He would also have 19 of rebounds, being as big as he is, but, you know, Miami also tends to devalue the rebound a little bit. But for Adebayo, he just held his own, was able to challenge Embiid, uh, make things difficult. And, and I think we started to see, well, we had already started to see a lot of this uh, throughout the first month and a half or so, two months of the season. But I think you're starting to get a lot more buzz about Bam Adebayo being an all-star level player. I mean, that was the discussion at this point. I, I think, I, I mean, I, I know it sounds like I'm being somewhat arrogant in saying this, but covering the team, I was one of the first national writers to kind of just do a profile on Bam and everything else. But we started to see more and more people just noticed that Adebayo was having this incredible impact around the league. And I think this was one of those signature performances. If I recall correctly, I want to say it was a Friday night game on ESPN too, where it was just the attention was certainly on Miami and whether or not they would be able to respond against a quality opponent. There was the drama of the Jimmy Butler situation and everything else. And uh, Miami just found a way to to, to come back against this team and had a, a really big win there. Um, this was also important because it featured a post-game quote that would wind up becoming a theme for the rest of the season when a reporter asked Butler, Jimmy Butler, if the team was more than just a one-star team. Jimmy responded, this is a team of one star? Who's our star? Bam? I'll take it. I'll take Bam as our star any day. I ain't worried about what anybody says. We're content with who we are. So I think another you know thing to kind of overlook you know, that was not – necessarily overlook but to point out really is is the fact that we had started to see more and more evidence of Jimmy the good teammate and I think that's why this game kind of stood out as far as the national perspective because here he is touting Bam as the team star and I think that's the kind of confidence boost that Adebayo needed or at least the kind of vocal public support that Adebayo needs he needs to hear these things I think everybody needs to hear these things but even in the NBA players with the kind of ego that they have, the confidence, maybe even arrogance that they have, they still need to be touted publicly like this. And I think it was a big, a good move by Jimmy and, and one that he probably, I don't know, necessarily wholeheartedly believes, but he believes that it's also a two-star team. I think he understands that Bama is a very good, versatile player and Miami will go very far with him 
being able to do everything he does. Jimmy's going to get his props no matter what. He's accomplished a lot in this league, even though he hasn't won at a high level just yet, but he's already accomplished a lot as an individual, getting the kind of accolades and attention that he deserves. This is an opportunity for Bam to kind of get into his own as well. And, and I think it was just a, a good start to, again, a theme that we saw much more consistently where everybody on this team was supporting each other, recognizing that Bam was a great player. We saw other players throughout the course of the season kind of say the same thing about what a good uh, you know, teammate Jimmy is. And, and I think it was just uh, for it to kind of become a prominent part of a postgame victory. I think uh, is, is important for on the national perspective, understanding that Jimmy may have been much maligned as a teammate in the past, perhaps deservedly so, but that wasn't the case in Miami. He actually seemed much happier here and much more supportive uh, of his teammates than he had been in other places. So coming up next, the rookie Tyler Hero outplays an all-star. You're listening to Locked on Heat. big signature game of the 2019-2020 season just a few days later on uh, December 23rd 2019 this was the third win of a five game win streak to help Miami improve to a 22-8 and record overall again following that loss to the Memphis Grizzlies Miami just took a step back reassessed, focused and, and they had a big win following that loss to the Grizzlies against the Philadelphia 76ers. They came back home, faced some inferior opponents in the New York Knicks, and then they were going to take on one of the better teams in the Utah Jazz. Uh, the, the Jazz had been struggling somewhat. Now, they had also started off hot, tapered off a little bit. They had some consistency issues there. They had some injury issues. They had taken... Uh, Joe Ingles out of the lineup, and, and so we're kind of trying to find their identity again. But obviously still a very good opponent with a lot of depth. And, of course, they also had Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, two uh, upcoming All-Stars. That would wind up being, you know, the, the focus of that team. And so going up against them was a real challenge for Miami, and Miami would wind up triumphing. Adebayo started off struggling against Gobert, actually. He finished just 2 of 10 from the field. But he would want, he started off just 2 of 10, rather, but he would finish 5 of 14 overall, went 8 of 10 from the free throw line as well to finish with 18 points to go along with a great overall uh, stat line of 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 steals, and 3 blocks. So, again, another big game for Adebayo showing off that polished, that all-around approach that made him such a spectacular player. Four starters finished with uh, with a double-digit scoring, except for Duncan Robinson, who struggled with foul trouble. He only had five points in 20 minutes, and his streak of consecutive games with at least uh, or more than one three-pointer was broken. Uh, he wound up not playing as effectively as he had in the past, but the rest of the starters took it upon themselves to just continue to, to push the pace offensively, and they also got some key contributions from their rookie Tyler Hero. He played 27 total minutes, finished 7 of 13 from the field, 3 of 5 from the three-point range to go along with 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists, and a steal. So, a good overall game for the rookie, and, and perhaps fittingly, he was the star of the game because he was the star of the fourth quarter at the very least. He hit three buckets in the final minutes of the game, and the Heat had shot well as a team during that period with several players, Adebayo, Dragic, etc., knocking down clutch shots, but Hero was just I think just one of the more exciting players. Like we saw 
being at that game, I remember specifically the energy level. This we had started to see already. This was again late December, and we had already started to see that Tyler was exciting as a rookie. That that fans at the America Airlines Arena really supported this kid and were very interested in seeing what he did. Like when every time he had the ball in his hands, there was this incredible gasp, uh, this expectation and anticipation of wondering what he was going to do with it. He had some real fancy dribble moves and of course his shooting, uh, you know all about that. But this game really kind of capped it off for him to hit these big shots, so these clutch shots at the end of the game there. In fact, the offense was running through Tyler Hero late in the game, even with Butler and Dragic in the lineup. I remember the locker room afterwards, players spoke about he was ready for the opportunity. I recall, I, I want to say that Ty, that Eric Spolstra spoke about Tyler Hero being one of the players in that locker room that embraced these kinds of moments. And so that's where we already start to see that Tyler is one of the guys, along with Jimmy, along with Goron, along with maybe even Dion Waiters, as one of the guys that really relished the opportunity to become clutch, to to, to take over games late in, in the game, and, and to be able to just make an impact that way. Uh, he dominated future Heat superstar Donovan Mitchell, with Mitchell saying after the game, he kicked my ass, he capitalized on my poor defense, and I'll take that blame for that. Uh, it's on me. He kicked my ass on three straight possessions, but we'll see him again. Of course, in a game later on, Miami would wind up falling to the Utah Jazz, but on this night in late December, at least, Tyler outplayed Donovan Mitchell and, and just a phenomenal game from him on those three straight possessions that Mitchell was referencing, uh, wind up scoring, a, a, you know, the, the key buckets late in the game there. And that was a difference because Joel Ingles, sorry, Joe Ingles had actually been phenomenal for them. Um, I was concerned about him. I remember this game. I was concerned about him and Bojan Bogdanovic because they were just, well, he's such a good shooter. Uh, guys that could get to the line that draw fouls. And in fact, Bogdanovic did wind up shooting 9 of 10 from the free throw line. And Ingles had a phenomenal game. He had been struggling, again, as he was kind of in and out of the lineup. But against Miami, he was 7 of 12 from three-point range. And he, he was the difference maker. Him and Bogdanovich both were really the guys that were providing the most offense. Mitchell only wound up scoring 13 points and 5 of 18 shooting. Uh, so he was definitely somewhat uh, outplayed by the rookie Tyler Hero. But either way, for Tyler to be able to kind of just come up in big moments like this was a signature moment game for him and, and for the Heat, I think, to be able to knock off a quality opponent. Again, in the midst of a five-game road trip. I'm sorry, a five-game win streak. Uh, so that was a, a phenomenal overall effort from them. And and I think, uh, you know, one that the, the Heat – kind of established themselves as being able to knock off quality Western Conference opponents as well. Uh, they shot 24 of 27 from the, the free throw line. They had been struggling at the line prior to the game, but they were in the beginnings of what would wind up becoming a positive swing in that trend for Miami. Uh, they were 18th in free throw percentage before this game, but by the time the season would uh, come to a stop just a few months later, they were 13th overall, hitting nearly 78% of their free throws. So a good opportunity for Miami to just get to the line, knock down their free throws, and get those easy points however they can get them. Coming up next, a home-and-home stretch there where Miami will wind up beating some of the better opponents in the Eastern Conference. You're listening to Locked on Heat. Remember to listen to and subscribe to new and archived episodes of Locked on Heat on Himalaya, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, please leave a rating and review, especially if it's a good one. 
I kind of cheated here, you know, looking at the best moments of the season, best games of the season. I took a look at two back-to-back games at home against some quality Eastern Conference opponents. December 27th, 2019 versus the Indiana Pacers. December 28th, 2019 versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Both games, one-point victories for Miami at home. I'm not sure why I, I just felt that need there. Covering those games, and remember, I had just moved back to Miami uh, a few weeks earlier and was really starting to to just appreciate how good this Miami team was. These were the last two games of this five-game win streak in the middle of the uh, late December stretch there after that loss of the Memphis Grizzlies, and both of them being one-point wins. It was just the excitement just felt so similar in both games. Miami, you know, was kind of taking their foot off the gas a little bit against these opponents. They had built big leads early on. We saw this become a trend throughout the rest of the season where they would give up big leads. But even at home, that was, a, a, you know, unfortunately a trend that we started to see. And they had a lead against the Pacers. They would wind up coming back and, and, and pulling away and, and finding a way to win against these quality opponents, both the Pacers and the Sixers. As far as the Pacers are concerned, um, you know, it was the, if I recall correctly, it was the BAM versus uh, DeMontis Sabonis showdown. Both of the players garnering some serious consideration as potential all-stars. And it was a, a really good matchup between both players. Uh, you know, the, the Pacers were somewhat shorthanded themselves without Victor Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon, who had been struggling with injury. Um but it was also just, you know, they're a good team. Nate McMillan is always one of those coaches that gets somewhat... I think not necessarily disrespected, but he doesn't get the kind of attention he deserves for for getting the most out of his teams. And while they never necessarily win championships or accomplish a lot on a bigger scheme uh, or a bigger scale, the reality is they always find a way to win and overachieve. And that was the case this season as well, even without uh, Oladipo or Brogdon. And so they were getting the most out of Sabonis. Miles Turner was a, a factor. Uh, Aaron Holiday was a, a, a you know shot well against Miami as well. So. Just a good overall challenge for Miami against a good Eastern Conference opponent. They had a lead in the fourth, but Indiana answered with a few of their own three-point attempts to keep it close. But Miami was just able to find ways to win. And just, again, the excitement of that was just so palpable. Uh, you know, it was a, a tough win at home. And again, a rare, you know, back-to-back set at home. You know, it, it, you rarely see those kinds of matchups like that. But for, for Miami... Um, it was a good opportunity against a quality opponent. Another notable event from a couple days before, Chris Silva's mother had come to the game. Remember, this was at a point in time where we just started to hear more about Chris's story, about how he managed to get out of Gabon and, and play professionally here and work his way to the NBA level that he hadn't seen his, his family, his parents in a number of years. He hadn't returned home for a number of years. And so um, following a piece by Anthony Chang of the Miami Herald, the NBA reached out to the Miami Heat and the Miami Heat reached out to the NBA and kind of tried to negotiate some way of bringing his family over. And in fact, they were able to arrange for his mom to come and she showed up in the middle of a practice there right around the Christmas holiday. And so uh, it was just a great opportunity for Chris. And I spoke to him afterwards and he just, he was so excited, um, you know, to, to be able to see his mom and to spend a few weeks with her. So uh, a really nice opportunity there and, and just a, a really great moment kind of 
a feel very 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 feel good moment for the heat and for chris personally so as far as the next game itself was a, the another one point overtime win versus the philadelphia 76ers the heat were the best clutch team in the league they had improved their record to 11 and 3 following the win over the um, 76ers it was a, a, a key event for a number of reasons josh richardson was returning to the arena for the first time since his midsummer trade uh, the Heat had improved to 15 and one at home, 24 and eight over overall, and six and zero in overtime. This was when Miami was just really starting to gain, I think, national attention as one of the more dominant clutch gate teams in the league. They just found a way to win, um, and they were winning at a high level. And they obviously were winning a, a number of their games, uh, you know, 75 percent of their games at this point. And, and, and so uh, for them to be able to to continue to win in key situations, late game situations, I think just showed the resiliency of this team and the overall depth and talent that you never knew who it was going to be, whether it was Jimmy in overtime or Tyler Hero or Goran Dragic or somebody else coming up and hitting a big shot. Um, this was a, a good team that found a way to win against a quality opponent. So even with Philadelphia coming into Miami and again, the threat of the, the quote unquote South Beach flu, um, there was obviously going to be a challenge to, to uh, you know, try and knock off Jimmy Butler, the former teammate of many of those players in Philadelphia. And, you know, it was uh, emotional for Josh Richardson. Although I, I do recall Josh missing a free throw or a shot late in the game. And I was surprised to see so many people, you know, kind of throw up choke signs and, and things of that sort. I was disappointed because this has been a guy who I remember, at least I, I recall, uh, saying this after that game that uh, that was somewhat disappointing because he had always been able to, he always had exceeded his expectations. He always tried hard. He always worked hard. And so I thought he deserved a little bit better than treatment than that. But either way, it was uh, just a really great opportunity for Miami against a good team. They once, you know, again, came through uh, with late game heroics. Uh, they hit a three-pointer with under seven seconds left in the game to put Miami up one uh, in, in regulation. That was Tyler Hero who knocked that three-pointer down. And then on the following uh, possession, I'm sorry, the the possession where where Hero knocked a three, uh, and they were triple teaming Joel Embiid at the wing with Butler, Derek Jones Jr., and Tyler Hero, and then Butler poked the ball free. Hero cleared it out, and in a fast break opportunity with again just under seven seconds left, uh, he just winds up putting up a three, big, 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 just. <laughs> Big cojones on the kid to be able to take that shot in, in a late game situation like that. Uh, you know, again, my they were able to tie up the game later on and, and wind up uh, going into overtime. But it was just an incredible moment from Tyler here where you just started to see between this, the game against Utah just a few days earlier, and you're starting to see him really embrace these moments. And your, your expectations of Tyler being a, a, a player who comes up big in the clutch I think you're starting to believe that he's just a guy who can be a building block for this team in the future I mean I think somewhat jokingly people were making comments about not wanting to trade for Bradley Beal because Tyler Hero is too good but anyway who knows how how, uh, Tyler's future will play out Um, but at this point in time anyway he was just a phenomenal phenomenal impact player late in game situations just the willingness to take that shot there. It's just unbelievable. I mean, you have to watch that replay again. I had forgotten about it, don't be honest with you. But just for him to be able to get that steal, face the Philadelphia 76ers who were scrambling back to you know, defend that play, and he just went out to the perimeter there and, and, and took the three. He didn't have to take the three either. It was just incredible for him to be able to, willing to take that shot and to knock it down. Uh, and unfortunately, the Sixers wound up tying it, but 
Miami came big, uh, came up big in the, in the overtime, and they were able to pull away for the win. So that's uh, you know, again, these two games, clutch, big signature moments from a number of players, Tyler Hero especially, one point wins, narrowly escaping against quality opponents, giving up leads, but finding a way to win no matter what. This is why I paired these two games together because in my mind anyway, I just can't seem to separate the two. The fact that they were home and home or back to back, you know, th- that thing probably helps somewhat. But either way, I just it was a phenomenal game, and and just both both of them were phenomenal games, and just showed that Miami was a team that finds a way to win, and that's why I think Miami could be could have been a very dangerous team if this postseason had progressed as normally expected. Uh, coming up on the next episode, we'll talk about one of the more. Uh, antagonistic matchups of the season against another quality Eastern Conference opponent. But that's it for today. You can connect with me on Twitter using the hashtag AskLLHeat or email me at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. I'm David Rommel signing off and thanking you as always for your support. Yeah! Um.